0: DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I am delighted to be joined by Father Andrew Apostoli, a founding member of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, who has been teaching and preaching retreats and parish missions for several decades. He is considered one of the world's foremost experts on the apparitions of Fatima. He is the author of numerous books, including Following Mary to Jesus and Walk Humbly with Your God. And he's a frequent host on EWTN television, where he's hosted the TV special Our Lady of Fatima and the First Saturday Devotion. With Father Andrew Apostoli, we go inside the pages of Fatima for Today, the urgent Marian message of hope, published by Ignatius Press. Welcome, Father Apostoli.
1: Pleasure to be with you, Chris, and to be speaking to your listening audience.
0: The book that you have compiled for us, I think, is the definitive on Fatima. Fatima for today. What a blessing. Thank you so much.
1: John Paul II said Fatima is more important now than it was in 1917. Mm. And I think you can almost say that with uh, Pope Benedict XVI, that his thinking is that Fatima is a... I, I believe he, he envisions it as a pivotal moment, you know, uh, whose fulfillment we should be working toward. He made the statement, he says, those who, who believe that the prophetic message uh, of Fatima is over are, are very mistaken, he said. Uh, he used to say, learn the message of Fatima, live the message of fatima and spread the message of fatima so i I, I think what has come from our lady is truly a very graced moment as you said um for the church for the world um and we need to we mustn't say that uh well fatima is not important it's not good it's its effect has only been felt in the last 25 years you know 30 years Mm
0: extraordinary events that for many people out there, Father Apostoli, there's at least a generation or two are Catholics who unfortunately are are unfamiliar with Fatima. They're not even aware of what the events are or how the church uh, uh, approves what we've come to know are these these gifts of uh, the apparitions of Our Lady.
1: Yeah, that's very true, uh, Chris, and it's very sad. That, um, as you say, approximately two generations of our young people have not really heard the message in a way uh, that it was presented with clarity, completeness, and in a way to challenge them to respond to Our Lady's message. That's the important thing. And even though this time has gone by, what we need to do really is almost have a, a new uh, you know, a kind of renewed, um, proclamation of the Fatima message, what Our Lady was telling us, what she was asking of us, and how we can fulfill, um, her, her, uh, plea for peace in the world for the conversion of sinners. And, uh, that will lead to, to what she promised. She said, in the end, my immaculate heart will triumph, and, uh, many souls will be converted, and in the era of peace, will be given to the world. So when when the Holy Father says that the prophetic mission of Fatima is by no means over, I don't think it can be until we have the triumph of her Immaculate Heart. That's what she said will come. She said, in the end, it will come.
0: Uh, the 20th century, an, an incredible period in human history where of course there is a genocide that occurred on the earth that uh, i think it's been stated father apostoli that never in, in human history have more human beings died at the hands of other human beings than in the totality of that 20th century and yet her message came to these three small children to say that there is hope if you just turn to jesus if you turn to god and that's what's so phenomenal, isn't it, about Fatima?
1: Absolutely, yes, yes. You are right in saying that uh, the last century was uh, a century of such great, as they used to say, uh, man's inhumanity to man. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, Pope uh, John Paul, when he approved the message of Divine Mercy, he made a point. He said, "In the most violent century." known in human history. I mean, we had two world wars, we had atomic bombs, we had concentration camps, we had uh, uh, all kinds of, uh, of evil, you know, uh, inflicted on human beings. The dignity of human beings was being undermined by the way they were being treated and destroyed. Um, and, you know, Our Lady King, our Lady came to warn us about all of this, and she came to point out the way that this could be avoided. It all requires the people doing their part, their prayers, their sacrifices, and especially the Five First Saturdays devotion, which Our Lady specifically asked for as part of the, um, plan, her plan, her, uh, you know, direction for the conversion of Russia. And now we're going to not only say the conversion of Russia, but we've got to have the conversion of uh, all those countries that the evil of communism, which today we see as secularism, it's rampant in our country and so many all the Western countries of the world. Um, this this evil, she had told us about it. She warned us about it, and um, she was pleading with her children, you know, to live good lives do penance, uh, pray for the conversion of sinners, and when when enough of them are converted, then that peace will come. And uh, we can do that with, you know, if we only apply ourselves to Mary's um, peace plan, as it's often called the peace plan of Fatima, mm-hmm. um, if we only carried it out, you know, living good lives through our prayers, especially the rosary, she asked for the rosary every day, And we've got to encourage our people to do that. You know, this is a plea of our mother, isn't it, Mm -hmm. our Heavenly Mother? And she loves us, and she's concerned about us. And so why don't we listen? hmm? Why don't we take it more to heart? If this is something our lady wants, that's reason enough to do it. Mm -hmm. Don't you think so, Chris?
0: Oh, I think so. I, what I love about Fatima for today is that you really bring to us that that call for our continued conversion. And one of those elements, of course, is that devotion to the five first Saturdays.
1: It's very, very true. In my book, I refer to that devotion as Our Lady's Spiritual Formation Program. Mm. And, and the reason I do so, if you live that devotion, okay, Mary, I think, was making sure that her children were in touch, first of all, with the sacrament of reconciliation, confession. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that has suffered in the last 40, 50 years, it's been the falling off and the number of Catholics going to that beautiful sacrament of God's mercy. Mm-hmm. And when she requests that, it, that people go to confession as part of that devotion, they're they're going to be going at least once a month, and I think for a lot of people that's a healthy number of times. You know, to do it once a month is uh, keeps the person in touch with God's mercy. It keeps them uh, examining their conscience. Yeah, I think if people don't go to confession for six months, I wonder during those six months do they ever examine their consciences. Do they ever ask themselves, how am I doing? Am I, am I getting closer to God or further away? Um, am I practicing the virtues that Jesus wants me to practice? See, when you go to confession, because you have to tell your sins to someone else, you have to examine your conscience. And I, I think that's one of the first things that comes to us when Our Lady requests confession as part of her spiritual formation program. Then, of course, going to the Eucharist, of receiving holy communion and the spirit of reparation all of those things those four things the confession the, re- the holy communion and then the rosary which uh, is offered in a spirit of reparation and finally the last thing that our lady asked of us was to spend 15 minutes with her in personal prayer and i like to point out to people chris that our lady in is really teaching us the first three steps of, that are involved in, in the development of prayer in a person's life, we call it the prayer of the lips, which is the we, formal prayers that we recite. So we have the Our Fathers, the Hail Mary's, the Glory Bees, the Apostles' Creed, the little deck of prayer, you know, Oh, may Jesus forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of thy mercy. Mm -hmm. All of these prayers, this is the first step of prayer, is to use the words of another to help us pray. And that's why, you know, God himself in the Old Testament inspired 150 Psalms so people could pray to him, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the second stage of prayer is the prayer of the mind, where you begin to reflect or meditate on the truths of the faith. And what what does Our Lady ask us to do in the Rosary but to meditate on 20, now it's 20, with the beautiful luminous mysteries, but 20 incidences that are basically found all in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And they tell us something about our faith. And uh, it's a wonderful encouragement for people to meditate, you know. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the third prayer is the prayer of the heart. That's more spontaneous prayer, you know, when you speak from your heart. And, uh, you know, have a little heart-to-heart conversation with the Lord, or in this case, Our Lady was asking for that. And I think she's actually encouraging her children to do that, to become comfortable with being able to speak to the Lord, or to her divine son, to her, um, in their own words. And that conversational prayer, that heart-to-heart prayer, she asked for that, all in a spirit, by the way, of, offering a reparation for the sins against her immaculate heart. For those times when she is offended by blasphemies, for example, against her immaculate conception, against her perpetual virginity, against our belief that she is the mother of God, and our mother, spiritually our mother, Mm -hmm. uh, against those who keep the young from her, and finally for those who uh, disgrace her images you know, desecrate them, and uh, just present them in a horrible way. So you can see Our Lady is actually teaching us to pray. That's why I opened the book, uh, Chris, with the idea of Mary, showing Mary's role in Scripture, especially beginning with Genesis, where she is proclaimed and foretold as the woman Mm -hmm. who will crush the head of the serpent. Remember, God spoke to the serpents, and, Uh, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers, and you shall strike at his heel, and he shall crush your head. And we also believe Our Lady crushes the head of the serpent. See, so she was already in that battle from the very beginning, and then we find her again in the Book of Revelation, the end of Scripture. She's mentioned again when St. John says, I saw a great sign appear in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, standing on the moon with a crown of 12 stars, you know, uh, on her head. She is our great queen. And what appeared, you know, after St. John saw the woman, he saw the red dragon, remember. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, but Pope John Paul Paul II, in his talk at Fatima in 1982, practically identified the Red Dragon as communism, you know, so it's a very, very interesting thing that the Holy Father would make that connection.
0: Fatima, of course, is more than just the events of the six apparitions to Our Lady, to three really very young children in Fatima, Portugal, and then would culminate again on that great event on October 13th where tens of thousands of people would actually see an incredible miracle I mean what more I mean do you need when you have newspaper accounts and people who are skeptics all saying something's happened here but it also Fatima is a messages that occurred even beyond that in those those moments for sister Lucia that would have messages being sent to the Holy Father and and his response over time, number of different pontiffs, and their reaction to that. I mean, Fatima's this this grand story that doesn't seem to end.
1: That's right. That's a nice way to put it, because yes, it is a grand story. Uh, look at how many popes were involved with it. It occurred during the time of Pope Benedict the Fifteenth, when World War One was raging. They called it the war to end all wars. The Pope had tried diplomatic. Means um, to bring the warring parties together to try to stop the war. It was to no effect. And that's when he asked for a a novena to begin to ask Our Lady to intercede. And on the eighth day of the novena, May 13, 1917, on that day, the Blessed Mother made her first appearance at Fatima and pointed out the way to peace. So um, uh, certainly uh, that was a... Uh, a tremendous um, uh, thing, you know, that um, uh, that people were prepared through that miracle, especially, you know, to recognize that Our Lady was truly coming. I mean, if anyone was open in their heart, they would have accepted that. I mean, that miracle was they had, people actually thought the sun was going to uh, just, and I, I mean, uh, completely destroy uh, the earth engulfed mm-hmm. in flames and so on. That's the way it appeared. Maybe people were actually crying out their sins, crying to God for mercy. Uh, that was a moment that changed a lot of hearts, especially the hearts of skeptics who came. Not all of them, I think. It's just like not all were moved by the miracle of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. You know, some of them went back and told the Pharisees they, they didn't believe. You know, belief requires a grace, and... Um, but the but the proof was certainly there, wasn't it? And uh I was saying about the popes that had been involved, you had Pope Benedict the Fifteenth, then you had Pius the Eleventh, who was the one who was supposed to the first one to make the consecration, but he for some reason he didn't make it and that delay allowed communism to spread. Then Pius the Twelfth attempted to do it and uh his consecration uh ended lessened, shortened World War II by uh, two years. The amazing thing, huh? mm-hmm. Our Lord had told uh, uh, Sister Lucia, and then there was a mystic by the name of Alexandrina de Costa. She's now blessed. Pope John Paul II beatified her. And uh, Alexandrina uh, was told by our Lord, if the Pope makes that consecration, he would lessen and shorten World War II by two years. So that was a magnificent thing. Then Pope John the XXIII, uh, he did not attempt to make the consecration, uh, but he read the third secret and, uh, you know, realized that he didn't know who the Pope was who got shot. And so he sort of uh, sent the message back and said, now is not the time. Basically, that's what he said. Same thing happened with Pope Paul VI. He didn't know the Pope was shot. And uh, it wasn't until after pope john paul ii the attempt on his life and when he was at the gemelli hospital he realized the attempt on his life was made on may 13 1981 Blessed a mother appeared on may 13 1917 he asked to see the message and when he read the third secret which begins with the pope you know uh an angel trying to touch the earth with flaming sword which probably would have indicated like a nuclear war or something engulfing the world in flames, but the breezes from Our Lady's hands stopped those flames from touching the earth. Mary, I'm sure, protected us from uh, nuclear war and other great tragedies uh, many times, and and maybe we're not even aware of all the times that she intervened for us. When When he read about the assassination attempt and he realized that his assassination was on May 13th, Mary's first visit, apparition, was on May 13th. He read the message, and he saw the Pope who gets shot, and he said he realized that was him. And he made, he had a great intention to make the consecration fulfill what Our Lady was requesting. Uh, That spurred him on to do that. So it was a great, great grace for the Church and for the world.
0: Not just once, not just twice, but three times, because he wanted to make sure he got it right.
1: That's right. That's right, yes. See, the first time he did it, he was in the hospital. He wrote the prayer. He called it mm-hmm. a prayer of entrustment, and it was carried out, uh, I believe, in St. Pat in Saint, uh, Peter's, uh, but the Pope himself was not even there, and he didn't do it with all the bishops. The one in, that he did in 1982, when he went back, when he went to Fatima to thank Our Lady for sparing his life, he went exactly a year after the assassination attempt, when he did it then, that could have brought about the conversion of Russia. But um, uh, what happened was it wasn't done with all the bishops. Pope John Paul II entrusted the uh, mission of getting the letters out to the bishops to join him in the consecration, you know, uh, on uh, May 13, 1982. Uh, he asked them to join him, but the letters went out very late, hmm. and the Pope was very, very upset with those who were entrusted with that task. One almost wonders, was there any effort to try to uh, prevent that consecration? You never know. And finally, in uh, 1984, when he did it, he did it on March 25th, he himself, Oversaw the sending of the letters out to the bishops. They sent them out on, on December the 8th, 1983, to prepare for the consecration on March 25th, 1984. And over 2,800 bishops responded by signing the. He asked them to sign a um, uh, part of the, you know, the, the envelope, the the, the, le- the letter they received. Part of it was to be detached, sign it, and send it. Back to the Vatican, and almost, uh, over 2,800 bishops, um, said they would be joining with him in the consecration. So, it was the absolutely overwhelming number of bishops. So, heaven, even Sister Lucia said the Pope did the best he could. And when you've done the best you can, even the Blessed Mother's not going to expect you to do better than that, right? That's right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he he's a good every mother. That's right. He used every grace that God gave him. And uh, uh, and so that is why, you know, I think I tried to answer all the objections to the consecration in the back of the book. You know, I mm-hmm. explained it historically in the chapters and then show how what Pope uh, uh, John Paul did, you know, had all been approved at the time of Pope Pius XII when he tried to do it. And Sister Lucia had, um, when she prayed before the Blessed sacrament, Jesus told her to do what the bishops of Fatima had requested, and that is to consecrate the world, you know, because that was the request that came from a mystic Mm -hmm. by the name of Alexandrina de Costa. She lived in Portugal, and the Sacred Heart asked her to have the Pope consecrate the world to the Immaculate Heart of his mother. So that had to be part of the consecration. Then, of course, Sister Lucia receiving the request of Our Lady of Fatima to consecrate Russia in a special way. So the bishops of Portugal said to Pope the XII, consecrate the world with a special reference to Russia, and that will fulfill both requests. The request of the Sacred Heart for the, for the consecration of the world and the, um, the request of uh, Our Lady of Fatima for the consecration of Russia to Krame Economic. And that's exactly what Pope uh, Pope John Paul II did. Twice Sister Lucia said heaven accepted it. And that I think that's very important that people realize the consecration is done. What's not done though, is the our need for prayer, especially the five first Saturdays devotion. Prayer and sacrifice. That's the key to the salvation of souls, which will bring the peace of the world.
0: There are so many out there, Father, that are spending so much of their energy uh, questioning the, what even Sister Lucia said, that it's it's done. It was taken care of. It's finished. And yet right. they spend all this energy on whether or not the consecration has occurred. What is the third third secret? And just as you said, they're not focusing on what the real spiritual message was of Fatima and that need for that conversion today right now and that could be a sign of some major work of the evil one is to distract and divide by using these these non-issues now and i think that's what's so beautiful about what you've done in fatima for today because you take them on and say okay everyone enough let's get on to the real message of our lady
1: that's right you know um sister lucia when she was alive lamented the fact that that the five first saturdays devotion has been so neglected she said it's the most neglected part of the whole message of fatima and remember when the blessed mother said said in her july uh, apparition july uh, 19 uh, july 13 1917 when she foretold the rise of communism in russia remember she said an evil will begin in russia Mm -hmm. that will spread around the world See. So Our Lady, Our Lady knew what this evil was, and then she said, I will come and I will ask for two things, not one. See, the first thing, in fact, she asked for was not the consecration, but it was the five First Saturdays devotion. She called it the communion of reparation. We explained that earlier in the program, mm-hmm. you know, so the con- going to confession, by the way, you can go to confession a week before or after that first Saturday, and then going to communion on the first Saturday of the month and for five consecutive months, then going, then saying the rosary in the spirit of reparation to Mary's Immaculate Heart, and finally spending those 15 minutes we talked about mm-hmm. in heart-to-heart prayer with Our Lady, using some of the mysteries of the rosary to offer reparation for those five, uh, she called it, blasphemies outrages against her immaculate heart so those who blaspheme her immaculate conception her perpetual virginity her being mother of god her uh, those who keep the young from her and those who uh, desecrate her images so just to repeat that again you know for the people as they're listening that's she put she put that request for the five first saturday devotions on the same level as the consecration by the Holy Father. In other words, she mm-hmm. said there are two things necessary, not one. And as you said, uh, as you said, Chris, if people focus on saying, "Well, the Pope didn't make the consecration." And that's all they focus on. They're not going to be doing the five first Saturdays. They're not going to be focusing on praying the Rosary every day, which she also requested, and offering little sacrifices. Remember, she even gave us a prayer, the sacrifice prayer: "Jesus, this is for love of you, reparation for the." Uh, offenses against the Immaculate Heart of Mary and for the conversion of sinners, right there. Kind of like um, an essential part of the Fatima, the whole Fatima message, right there. You know?
0: Father Andrew Apostoli, thank you so much. On behalf of, I, if I can be so bold, as all of Mary's children, thank you so much for helping us to, to recall what our mother has instructed us.
1: Well, that's a great pleasure, and uh, God bless you and your wonderful radio ministry keep proclaiming that message of Jesus with the help of his holy mother, you know, she was the first one to bring that bring Jesus member to Elizabeth and through her the grace of her son, she was a channel and you were a channel. And we're all like channels of God's grace to people. Well God bless you and God bless your wonderful program.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Father Andrew Apostoli. With Father Andrew Apostoli, we've gone inside the pages of Fatima for Today, The Urgent Marian Message of Hope. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to Ignatius.com, the website for its publisher, Ignatius Press. Or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this discussion along with many others, go to DiscerningHearts.com. This has been a production of DiscerningHearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join me next time for Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors.